ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely a fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio. Here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. Ooh, what up, H-Town? Hey, how we doing? It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5-92.5. Patrick Crane in for Jeremy Branham alongside Joel Blank. 713-780-3776. 713-780-ESPN on the HRMP listener line, on the text line. Uh, on Twitter, he is at Pac-Man Joel. I am at P. Creighton 1. Joe George on the other side of the glass at the Master Controls at Joe George Radio on the Twitter. On the Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. ESPN 97.5 app, ESPN97.5.com. Tell Google, tell Alexa, play ESPN 97.5. Because you want to take Joel everywhere you go, and you know it. Speaking of Why things we know. I mean, you've got a little extra spring today. I mean, you are... It's Friday, brother. You're Either you've already indulged in too much caffeine or something, but you're kind of you're fired up already. Actually, believe it or not, this is my first... And this doesn't even have caffeine. Uh, only we we actually caffeine. analyzed that the other day because you normally come in double barrel caffeine juiced, and, and Sunkiss doesn't have caffeine. Someone said no, it did. Does. It does not. Okay, Sun there Kiss you go. Sunkiss does not have the caffeine. Um, I just like the taste of it because it's light, and uh, also nobody else here in the studio will drink it, so I know I can put it in the fridge and this it's safe. True. This is very true. But not man, it's Friday. It's it's ESPN night at, at Constellation Field for the Space Cowboys game. Jordan's yep. going to be in the lineup again. You're throwing out the first pitch. Tell me why I'm not pumped. You're going to be there. Of course, which I'm is fantastic. Be there. Uh, people losing their mind. Jordan didn't play last night. So what? He wasn't supposed to. They said they were going to give him a day off after the day game that he played. So he's back in the lineup tonight. I think that's that's the big story. Is the fact that you get to see him again. So you could figure out if, as long as he doesn't hurt himself, I would assume that means that when the team comes back from Oakland, he will be back in the lineup, and that's a very good thing if you're an Astros fan. You know what? You might want to get to the game tonight. Because Jordan is going to be activated for the start of the Rangers series on Monday. Mm -hmm. There's no guarantee he's going to stay with the Space Cowboys for the next two days. You might want to get to the game tonight. And bonus for you, you can get discounted tickets because it's ESPN night. That's right. In fact... After our show, the wheelhouse, uh, Joe, you are the wheelhouse today, correct? You and BK are the wheelhouse today. Yeah, I'm here till two, and then I'm driving to the ballpark to do the wheelhouse today. So Joe's oh, bailing like, on us. Don't act like you're overworked and stressed <laughs> and have to go. I'm places. not overworked. I love this job. I can work seven days a week. Joe is you bailing on do. us. I am working seven. I'm working on Sunday this week and Saturday. There you go. Because he gets to do something really fun, which is go to the baseball stadium. And there, there is no better place to do a show than from the stadium. And Constellation Field's a great place to watch a game if you haven't been there. So Joe and BK will be on 3 to 6.30. Then the uh, Space Cowboys game. And if you go to slspacecowboys.com and get your tickets, use promo code ESPN. And your tickets are just $9.75. I wonder where they came up with that number. Gates open at 5. First pitch is 7.05. You might want to get there at 5 o'clock, though. Maybe even 4.30. 30 because 
The first 3,000 fans get a Lance McCullers Jr. World Series replica ring. So if you want to get the goods, you got to get there early. We'll see you tonight uh, for the Space Cowboys game. ESPN 97.5, 92.5, night at the stadium. It's going to be fun. Joel's throwing out the first pitch. BK is throwing out the first pitch. Beaky. Beaky. What Jeremy calls him Beaky. What are the odds? Uh, I know it's not Wednesday. What are the odds that BK's throw is not within 10 feet of the strike zone? Well, I think the, the bigger question is, does BK BK it? Because if BK BKs it, that means he's either aiming at the mascot or he's aiming at the backstop. Because that's something that BK would do. Do we think he could reach the backstop? I think so. I think so. I, I think that, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of sand in his back pockets, but I think that he could he could rear back. Now, again, we're, we're dealing. the last time I did this, I, I said this the other day, the last time I threw it out for the Skeeters, one, I want to notate again, they gave me an unbelievably great jersey that Joe George needs to work. The, 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 the Space Cowboys get, cannot be one-upped by the Skeeters. They, they should be looking to duplicate the feat. But I get out there, and I'm holding on to one of the, 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 the game balls. And all of a sudden, one of the marketing people goes, can I see that for a second? And then they flip me one of those little plastic-coated Skeeter logo on it souvenir balls. And I'm like, what's this? And they're like, that's what you're throwing out the first pitch with. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm throwing out a toy as opposed to throwing out a baseball. This would be the reason why some people might not throw a strike. I, I threw a strike, but I was like, I didn't want that. I want to, you know, throw the real ball. So I would hope AAA, they're going to have you throw a real ball. So... Uh, I once threw out a first pitch for the then Sugarland Skeeters. Okay. Nate and I had both thrown them out. Nate got this sweet Skeeters jersey all decked out. I got a thanks. Didn't he give you a hat? Nothing. Really? I, I got the short end of that stick. Ouch. They they had for one person. They didn't have for two. So, um Hopefully they will. If, hopefully if they're they going to have for one, it's for you. I was going to say, hopefully they screw over BK and make sure they take care of the man, and I'll be fine. Sorry, BK, we didn't have any schmediums. Uh, we're going to have to, you know, this is going to have to go to Joel. I mean, if they can't find one, I'll just take Jordan's jersey from tonight. I'll be good with that. <laughs> That'll be cool. That'll be fun. You know what else was fun? Watching the, the Astros get dubs in Loserville, also known as Oakland. Uh, Astros get the first of four against the last Lettics. Three to one last night, uh, with the uh, the assistance of the assistant to the regional manager Joe George, uh, we will have some fun with the sound like this two run double from Kyle Tucker. And Tucker sends one into left center field. That'll be down into the wall. In to score, Dubon. Here comes Pena. He'll score as well. Astros get their first lead of the night on a two RBI double. With two outs by Kyle Tucker. Now, three consecutive hits with two outs was impressive to me because they didn't they 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 had all the writing on the wall and the stage was set for another disappointment that the Astros weren't going to do what they needed to do in a game that they should be winning. But all of a sudden, you string together three straight hits, culminated by that double, and suddenly I'm feeling good again. Going okay, now this is and I expected them to pile on and they didn't, but they did enough to win the game. I mean, all the years we played baseball, how many times it drilled into your head? Hurts with two. Hurts with two. Two run double, all two outs. Uh, but that would not be the only score. As they did not pile on, but in the ninth, Alex Bregman uh, with some insurance. 
Bregman drives one deep to left field. Back goes Kemp. He'll look up. That ball's gone. Alex Bregman with a breggy bomb to left, number 14 on the year. And the Astros get an insurance run. It's 3-1. to one. Now, Joel, how important is it to you to see Alex Bregman uh, really – really since maybe the week or so before the All-Star break, starting to look like second-half Breggy. Well, it's huge. I mean, it's one thing to say it's huge because you're still missing Jordan and Altuve. But it's even bigger because when they come back, if that's the Alex Bregman you get with the Abreu you've been getting, with the contributions you've been getting from a Chaz and a Yiner and a Jolks, you're looking at a lineup that looks like it might be as fortified and as good as it's been in a couple of years since maybe the 19 team when you were completely stacked. This is what you signed up for. If, if, if all the misery and all of the you know treading water of the first half of the season turns out that you discovered some hidden gems in some of the young players you've got, coupled with Bregman getting back to Bregman, Abreu being who you signed him to be, and getting a healthy Jordan and, and Altuve – this is a team that could do a lot of damage regardless of what they do at the deadline. Now, I still hold true to what I said the last couple of weeks. They have to prioritize a starting pitcher. It can't just be any starting pitcher. They got to get a a three a three in the rotation guy or above. But if they do, you don't need to – I understand everybody wants a bat. But you don't have to have a bat if you're getting two guys. It's like getting a, a big move done without having to make a big move if you add an, a Jordan Alvarez and an Altuve to this lineup. I think that that means as much – Abreu and Bregman being who they are supposed to be and getting Jordan and Altuve back make this lineup as good as any in baseball, in my opinion, prior to the trade deadline. You know, you think about what we thought of the Astros lineup before the season started, where it had Altuve and it had Jordan and it had Michael Brantley. It was supposed to. And you know what? This lineup is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. Brantley hasn't played all year. Altuve and, and Jordan have played eight games together. You know, the... Altuve has what 121 at bats. It's they well, haven't. He, he and Jordan have played 13 games together all year, something like that. I think it's eight. Is it less I than 13? Eight. Okay. And and that's you know they haven't they haven't played together. They haven't had their whole lineup. The the starting rotation has been decimated. And here they are still in the midst of it. Uh, four games back of the junk grabbers. They got seven strong from JP France last night. Trying to go seven at least tonight, and he gets a ground ball to Dumont. Two hops and an underhand toss, and J.P. France threw seven in. A couple of hits, but maintains that two-to-one lead after seven. Joel, this is a guy for who his minor league career averaged over almost four and a half walks per nine. Always had the swing and miss stuff, but always had traffic on the bases because of wildness. He gets to the majors, and all of a sudden, it's like he is laser-focused. His ERA now down to 313. He's 5-3. and three. Where do you feel with J.P. France as a rookie, as a guy who, let's say in a month, the league is probably going to have a book on, and then it's time to make the adjustments. But where do you stand right now with J.P. France? How do you feel about him being a, a guy that you could trust in the rotation for the rest of the season? For the rest of the regular season, he's this year's version of last year's Hunter Brown. He's a guy that the league hasn't seen before that is dealing, right? This is, what I think, six or seven or seven of eight quality starts in his last eight. This is a guy that you can now trust. This isn't Blanco or Belak who could give you a hell of an outing or could get blown up right from the jump, and, and you're flipping a coin every time they take the mound. This is a guy that has at least proven he is fully capable of being a guy you can lean on while you're trying to get healthy and figure out what you're going to do before the deadline. This is a guy that has shown you 
as much as you don't know what about what Javier is going to be the rest of the year, about if Hunter Brown is going to settle back in or if it's just going to be one of those years. This is a guy for the rest of the regular season that you know is capable of keeping you in a ball game and setting the table for you to do whatever you need to do offensively to win a game every time he takes the mound. And that's why he's so vitally important. Joe and I were talking about this yesterday. When you think about this team and how many times and how many different directions it could have capsized, the fact that you have been saved by guys like J.P. France, Corey Jolks, the, the, the resurgent offense that has never been seen before of Mauricio Dubon and the overall play of Chaz McCormick. When you look at those guys alone before you even get to throwing in Belak and also Blanco, the Astros would be in a totally different position without all these contributions from all these unexpected sources. And that's why this could be such a great year because it could be contributions from all over the roster. You know, we go back to 2020 when they, you know, the the shortened season where they were just buried with injuries and a lot of young guys had to come up and step up. And uh, they found some guys who could play. Fortunately, it was a 60-game season. They didn't have to play 162. But this year, they're also finding guys who they found out, guys who are not considered big prospects, guys who are not highly rated by Keith Law or Baseball America or any of those things. This team just continues to develop major league usable talent. Uh, J.P. France uh, continuing to pitch really, really well. Coming up next, we'll hear from J.P. France, plus examples of two guys that show both their value and their frustration. Killer Bees! Hey, right before we go to the break, I was there this morning. Apollo Men's Health. I got to tell you about them because they can help you. The fact of the matter is they've got great people like Haven there that are there every day, and she is focused on trying to help patients and get to be their old, better selves. You're not trying to win a gold medal. You're trying to win the day. A lot of people don't have energy anymore. They're sluggish. They feel like they need something or that they can't get done what they need to get done, and maybe they never will be able to again. It's all taken care of with the people at Apollo Men's Health. They have a variety of different services that can help people on a daily basis. Everything from getting more energy in your life to maybe getting on a workout program to maybe recovering quicker or maybe losing up to six pounds a week with semi-glutide that's FDA approved and can have you without getting into the gym feeling better looking better and losing weight it's phenomenal go to apollomh.com right now see all the services that they offer maybe a couple look right for you if they are sign up right there on the website for your first appointment when you do you'll find out most major insurance is accepted and there's discounts for military personnel and first responders but then go a step further Go in with an open mind. Answer their questions honestly. Tell them where you're lacking. They'll get you on a program that works and get you the results that you need. They can take care of you in a variety of different ways, and the fact is they do it by caring about their patients. New location just opened up in League City to go with the two near downtown Houston to better serve you. Check them out today and tell them I sent you by. Free B12 shot on your first visit or a free body composition analysis. But go with them because they will be with you every step of the way. Good people doing great things. Go see the people at Apollo Men's Health. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. I'd be most worried about seeing my seminal vesicles. I like the Florida State seminal vesicles. All teams covered. No stalking points necessary. You're back with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's Joe Blank. I'm Patrick Critton in for Jeremy Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, 92.5. 
And uh, we're going to hear from J.P. France in just a moment. But first, we're going to hit the phones. Tab and Beaumont, you're on the bees. What's up, Tab? Well, you guys talked a little bit before the All-Star break and thought that after after the break that your Astros would be in front of my Rangers by at least two games. Y'all can't even catch up. Well, Tab, here's the thing. Before you go and put it in fifth gear and try and get your boots to boot scoot badiddle, here's what I'm going to tell you. You don't have the kind of injuries we got, and we're going to get them back, and then we're going to see where everything is when the dust lies. You know what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. We're the one that's been sitting on this damn hill so much that we need a bunion cream because we've been kicking y'all's ass. So the thing is, we're going to be there again, and it don't matter when, just as long as we get there. So let's not count our chickens at the midway point, okay? Tab, I'm, I'm happy I'm for your I'm happy for your it. Rangers. Listen, I'm happy for your Rangers. Your junk grabbers. You know why they're called the junk grabbers, right? You know why? When uh, Joey Gallo and Noma Mazzara grabbed each other by the junk celebrating a home run, live TV, remember that? Got some questions about your team? Might have some questions about your team. But I'm happy that they're that they're actually pretty good this year because you know, there's competitive baseball in the AL West, which there hasn't been for a long time. So I hope that your team continues to stay relevant and doesn't have a, a giant uh, summer swoon, as has been known to happen to certain teams, uh, particularly in this division, not named the Houston Astros. So I hope that they stay there. And if they do, maybe, just maybe, when y'all can show up to the Astros Invitational, also known as the ALCS, when you show up to the Astros Invitational and you come into our house, you don't make it, you know, you don't make yourselves look silly. I hope. I hope. I got I got I got hope and prayers for you, brother. Tab, you did? Or are you there? I was gonna tell I'm here. You. Okay, well we're waiting. You can got a chance to rebut a little bit if you want to bring it. Well, I'm just waiting till after this weekend after we whoop y'all's butt some more. Like you did when we went to Arlington last week? How'd that work out? Because we were supposed to come no. in and get our ass well, handed to you. To favor. Well, here's the thing. But you didn't at your own home place where the barbecue was on and the roof was hot like a Skittle because it looked like a grill, and you didn't get it the job done. Now you're going to come to our place and tell us how you're going to kick our fanny? You best be bringing us some food and bourbon, my friend. Tab. I'm just gonna count. I'm gonna count how many World Series titles you got, and then we'll get back to you. No, I'm back to you already. Never mind. We're good. Tab, are you dead again? <laughs> are you there? No, I'm here. Okay. I asked if you're gonna cheat to win another one, or are you gonna discount that one? No, we can discount that one and keep the one we just won, as we're going for two in a row. How many are you going for in a row? Zero and zero is still zero, my friend. And I ain't a math major or I analytics. Hey, listen, well, you can say... this year. We're not talking about other years. Because that's all you got to talk about, buddy. Tab, you can say the Astros... No, we went to the World Series twice in a row, and we lost it. You and did. Nelson Cruz blew it. But, but, what, but you can... See, you're pointing fingers now. What you should do is look in your own bedroom there, because you got to change your seats, because you crapped all over the bed. I mean, you didn't do what you needed to do. Don't blame Nelson Cruz. Blame the whole damn team. Blame your pitching staff. Oof. Oof. Well, Tab, well, here's the thing. We're just going to call this a draw for now, and we'll see if you kick all our asses this when you come in here to our place, and then we'll talk again because we got a lot of baseball still to be played, and I feel pretty good about my Astros. How about that? Bye. Thanks, Tab. Appreciate you, brother. Man, a few words all of a sudden. That's crazy to me.
You know, it's it's very easy to say the Astros, oh, they cheated to win their first title. All that means is 29 other teams cheated and still lost. And everybody else was cheating, too. But it's fine. I'm not going down that road again. I already went down that rabbit hole and had to put on a voice that I didn't want to put on. But every time he calls, I feel like I either have to do that or I got to drive off the road and slam my truck into a tree or something like that to get right. So let's just move on. Yeah, well, you know, as as the uh, the most recent Yankee in the on this show, you know, me going that way probably would not have gone over as well as you did. You you do a little better than I do. We'll say that you do the the uh, the trailer park guy a little bit better, a little bit better than I do. Here's JP France uh, talking after the game last night, courtesy AT and T Sportsnet Southwest. Especially with having six out of nine lefties out there. Um, I knew I needed that change up to work and, and the curveball as well. But, I mean, all in all, everything was working today. Seems like you, know, you really locked in after that first inning. Was there anything, um, yeah, anything that changed for you? No, nothing really changed. I just knew I needed to just attack, attack the lineup. Um, I was kind of nibbling a little bit with, with Kemp, but at the same time, he's a super patient hitter. He's not going to chase really anything out of his own. But, no, yeah, after really after that, that double, yeah, just attack and just get get to the bottom of the zone. What do you know about your team with this sharp? Is it in the bullpen? Is it when you throw it the first few times? Um, sometimes at the bullpen, but you really can't take what you do in the bullpen too much on the mound because mound could be a little different. And then also once you get hitters in the box, your mentality changes just a little bit. Um, but no, once I faced, once I threw the first changeup, I forget who it was to, I think Blade maybe, um, and it was down in a way. I knew that once I was able to repeat that pitch two, three times, I knew it was. Now, Joel, you yeah. heard he's kind of very specific in his approach. We're talking about the, the new production with, with JP France and the walks, right? Going back to 2019 at high A, 4.7 walks per nine. 2021, after they lost a year of the minors, between AA and AAA, 4.1 walks per nine. 2022, AAA, 4.1 walks per nine. 2023 at AAA, 5.1 walks per nine. With the Astros, 2.5. I mean, look, it's completely unexpected, but it's exactly what they needed. And sometimes these things just happen. These stories unfold right before your eyes. You weren't expecting it, but you want to soak up every minute of it. This is a guy that is taking full advantage of an opportunity that no one saw being there for him at the start of the year. And the dude's maximizing it. And you don't know how long it's going to be or if the clock's going to strike midnight or all the different things that could happen along the way. But you're riding this wave until it goes away, and that's what you're supposed to do. Now, in the meantime, you're hoping other reinforcements are going to be there too. But right now, this dude has, like I said earlier, earned a spot to be one of your top four starters right now, and there's there's something to be said if he's able to maintain this about being able to maintain a spot, being one of the five starters for this team the rest of the season. And so then you'll let the playoffs speak for themselves and after the trade deadline and everything that they do or don't do. But for the time being, this guy is exactly what you need, and you just have to be thankful every time he takes the mound because you got a shot. Because I really don't feel like every time that Blanco and Belock take the mound, you got a shot. Belak lately has been better, but both of them have been up and down all year. You know, Belak is probably having, uh, like, the best season that he could ever have. Like, we've never seen Brandon Belak pitch as well as he has at the major league level this season. And part of that is 
just getting out of getting out of jams. He, a little more toughness, a little more mental toughness from Brandon Bielek. Because you know what? He still puts a ton of guys on base. He still walks a lot of guys. He's walking three and a half guys uh, per nine. There's a lot of traffic on the bases, but he just keeps finding ways to get out of them. And in the past, when those guys got on base, he didn't get out of it. So uh, I'm with you on the you don't always feel comfortable with him, but so far he's gotten away uh, with a lot of free passes and things like that because he's found a way to to get out of them. Blanco is a totally different story, and he's actually scheduled to pitch tonight for the Space Cowboys. So uh, the Astros do not have a starter scheduled for Sunday. They, they don't have somebody announced yet. But if Blanco pitches tonight, obviously it will not be him. Uh, Sean Dubin is scheduled to pitch tomorrow night. So I'm wondering to see if, if uh, Blanco gets bumped very late tonight, all of a sudden. It's possible. Both are possibilities. Look, I mean, and again, you're playing the A's. And it, that's why I also say well, everything that I said about Belak because his last two starts have been against the Rockies, and they've been fantastic. But you're playing the Rockies. Rockies are a half step up or a, maybe a step up on the A's. But other than that, still one of the worst teams in baseball. And you're not going to be playing them all the time. You know after you get done with the A's, schedule's about to get a little tougher. And as much as you know, we gave Tad the, Tab the business after coming at us, the fact of the matter is, is you, you, you got a massive series against the Rangers at home where you can really right the ship in a hurry. And then you've got other series after that where you're going to have to have your guys bring in their best against some of the better teams in the league. So you got to figure some stuff out. you got to get some guys healthy. But in the meantime, you're going to find out a whole lot about who you got and what they can do and how far they can take you. So if Blanco's going to be anything at all for this team, you got to know it sooner rather than later, and you got to see him continue to pitch at the major league level. Do you think Tab sells propane and propane accessories? Um, no, I don't. I believe that he might have been at a uh, a feed store <laughs> looking to get some things for the weekend. And I'm not saying that he's feeding any kind of his cattle or anything like that. He might be just looking for a bowl of cereal. Coming up next, these are two guys that I've heard uh, discussed on the Killer Bees quite often. Their value and the frustration that comes along with both of these guys. We'll get to it next. 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out for that foot bone. I would like to rear up and jackknife my legs and kick you both in the jaw with my foot bone. Informed opinions are oftentimes presented here. You're locked in with the Killer Bees on 97.5 and 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. He's Joel Blank. I'm Patrick Creighton in for Jeremy Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. Joel, these are two guys that I have heard discussed uh, fairly often on your show. Uh, by the way, thank you for uh, having me on your show. I appreciate it. Good to it. have you, buddy. It's nice to be able to be on during Anything the day. But Joe George. Sunshine. Beautiful. I love me some Joe George. He's awesome. You know, I was at a Texans oh. event last night. And oh, look at you. Joe, did you, let me, should we pick that up for him? He just dropped that on us. Oh, by the way, I was at a Texans event last well, night. Did it, you get that invite? Because I didn't. If, if you, I did not. If you allow me. Uh, I was at a Texans event last night. It was, it was at a place called Palace Social, which... I guess it's brand new because the place was sparkling clean. Uh, really cool, like, family event you can do. They have bowling. They've got uh, laser tag. They've got an arcade. Uh, they have a restaurant and bar. It was a really nice place. And while I was there, uh, intermingling with uh, various people who cover the Texans from all walks of media, 
Your name came up at least three times. Who, Joe George? Yes. Wow, Joe. Three different people. You carry a lot of weight. That man. I can think Which of ones? off the top of my head. You carry oh, a lot of weight, Respectable people. Hmm. Respectable people. Well, I know there was a, a former wheelie there. Um, uh, yes, it didn't come up with him. Uh, I know BK was there. Uh, I did not actually see him there, so he must have came late. Were any of my old people big, there? One of the big boys was there. Why is BK there and not us? I don't know. Probably because Cody sent him the invite. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, your name kept coming up, and people were asking me, how is Joe? I like Joe. I miss Joe. Joe's a great guy. So I just want you to know, even though you were not there physically, you were there in spirit, and people were asking about you, uh, and all had good things to say about you. I'll tell Wex thank you. It uh, wasn't Wex. <laughs> well, actually, Wex kind of piggybacked on, but it wasn't. he wasn't one of the ones who brought it yeah, up. but I told you this before. Salisbury and the, those guys love you, too. Oh, I know. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> what is with both of you today? It's Friday. I don't know how My to respond God, to this. I'm getting double-barreled by the... Self-gratification and love. What's going on? I, I know we could do self-gratification on air. I mean, the camera's going to catch that. Man, camera can catch a lot of things. Joe, you might need to uh, reset the thing. Can we get it focused on the uh, on the jerseys again, please? Anyhow, here is a person that I know Joel absolutely loves. Every time Joel talks about this guy, self-gratification is not on his mind. Uh, punching walls might be on his mind. Mm. That is Jake Myers. Myers uh, entered play last night. Tied with Kevin Kiermeyer, seven defensive run saves. That was the best in Major League Baseball. Although we have seen him at times play center field like a deer in headlights, like the other day when he misplayed a fly ball into an RBI triple off the wall because first he misjudged the ball, then he didn't play it off the wall right, then he fell down, then he made a weak throw back to the infield, and all of us wanted to drink heavily. But last night, Jake Myers made a terrific catch in the bottom of the fourth. Here's how it sounded on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. A's hometown. It's, this ball sent high in the air to right center field. Pretty well hit, but Myers is back there. He'll jump and he'll make a catch against the wall. Jake Myers puts it away. Jake, who is a defensive outfielder for the Astros all year long, makes a fine play in right center. <laughs> Somewhere Dr. Dre on 290 was... Hiding all mentions and tweets after that happened because he's like been harping on this guy's not a top 10 defensive center fielder and trying to get people call people out without calling them out. And I'm sure that the 18 wheeler hit the emergency brake the minute Jake made that catch. Now, before we get into Jake Myers and his value and frustration, I do want to share with you that same exact call on NBC Sports Bay Area. It didn't quite sound the same, Joel. Pitched at Tulane, four years, was injured one of those years, then transferred to Mississippi State for his senior year. That was lifted to right field. Tucker going back, and so are the center fielder, Myers. And it is gone. A home run for Jordan Diaz, and it's 2-0 Athletics. Oh, was it, was it caught? Excuse me. It was caught. Pardon me. The guys oh, that's, at NBC that's quality Sports, broadcasting. they had a, uh, a John Sterling moment, but those guys are TV. They cannot use the excuse of, well, we don't have a monitor. So they just completely blew that call. That's which embarrassing. It's funny as hell. They're a joke of a franchise and a joke of a broadcast. Loserville. Oh, Ouch. Man. Yeah, not not their best or brightest moment. That's headed for, uh, what is it? Bro- uh, bad broadcast? What's it? Awful announcing. Awful announcing. Yeah, awful announcing. Yikes. 
so Jake Myers makes this terrific catch into the wall. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, he is he has the talent to be an elite defensive player. When he was in the Astros minor league system two years in a row, he was voted by the team to be the best defensive outfielder in their entire system. And you see him make plays like that. But we also see him make plays where uh, he, he becomes a deer in headlights. He, the, the, sometimes the, the route that he ta- takes to baseballs makes you wonder what the hell he's doing. You know, there was one that we talked about earlier in the season where it gets between him and Jordan. It goes all over the wall because instead of taking an angled route, he ran straight across the field and the ball went right past him. It's like, come on, Little League kids know not to do that. Well, the other one in right center field I brought up the other day, too, where it was either extra innings or in the ninth inning, and all he had to do was not dive and smother the ball, and he would have saved a run, but he dove. He was 10 feet away from it. It bounced around, and by the time he did, a guy scored from first, and they lost the game. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, and yet he has all the tools in the world to be a craftsman in center field. Joe, I like the way I put that together. Wordsmithing. Yeah. That is that is classic. Better than massaging a Deshaun Watson trade, which I used yesterday. You towel that one off. Kind of, kind of caught Joe a little bit <laughs> off guard at the time. So yeah, I didn't know how to handle it. That's all right. That's the you learn the as you time. go, right? I got trial by fire. I was worried that you didn't say it on purpose, and I didn't want to draw attention to that. I never said that I did or not. I, I just know. I just needed a reaction that I didn't get. I looked at you, kinda. Look, from the Jake Myers perspective, and Joe and I were talking about this yesterday, I'm, I'm done with him, and, and I hope that things like this enhance his trade value so that teams want him more. I think there are teams out there, much like when Cleveland was looking for a center fielder a few years ago, uh, and they found a way to get a guy that they thought was going to be better for them in Miles Straw. It also worked out for you getting a guy like Phil Maton that you desperately needed in your bullpen. And that's the kind of trade I'm looking for now. There's a logjam. Chas McCormick, the way he's playing, the way he's played, he's capable of playing close to the same kind of defense as Jake Myers, is going to be a guy that you're going to be putting in center field a lot more frequently because of his total baseball uh, resume and what he brings to the table at the plate. I think that Jake is a guy that maybe some teams that are good to trying to be better might be interested in. Plays like this, and the more they see him play defense, this could be a situation where a year ago, Bader was traded from St. Louis as a guy that was known as a defensive outfielder for a starting pitcher. Oh, by the way, that's exactly what the Astros need this year. So... I don't mind seeing these things. I'm happy Jake's getting closer to where he was before all the injuries. But at the same time, he's kind of been Wally Pipped and passed up in terms of who's in front of him now and how this team is shaping up for the rest of the year. And not like James Click saying that he is our center fielder of the future. That's either TBD and or Chaz McCormick for the time being. And it, and by the way, after that, it's probably going to be Drew Gilbert. So you can afford to, to you can he's expendable. You can afford to trade him. And if you get the right piece in return, it could be a win-win again like it was when you traded with San Francisco to get a guy like Dubon. You know, as much as is made of Jake Myers and the defensive metrics, and look, every defensive metric says the guy's an elite defensive player. That being said, he entered the game yesterday seven defensive runs saved. Chaz entered the game five defensive runs saved. Mm -hmm. The difference between Jake and Chaz defensively really isn't that big. Offensively, it's a canyon. Chaz is so much better Completely offensively. Yeah, right. And for me, I don't need to harp on the defense so much that I'm willing to give up 300 points of, of OPS. 
I know it sounds like another conversation that we've had, but in center field, I'm not willing to go from six, from nine twelve to six ninety uh, because of maybe one or two defensive run saves over half a season. I'd rather have the offense, and if plays well, but like if that, you could get the combo platter, you get offense, you get almost as good defense. And you get a guy that Dusty has to like now because every time his number's called, he steps up for you. You're not going away from that. And again, it's no slap to Jake, but Jake is, like you said, limited offensively. He's starting to show that he's finally getting over the CTE of the shoulder injuries from diving in, the wall injuries from from diving at the track, and all the things that have made you kind of... Look, at the start of this, this little run of time when we had all the injuries... It was basically put up or shut up time where people were ready to write Jake off completely. At least he's serviceable enough and doing the things he's doing, especially defensively, that make you think he has value, not even just for your team, but maybe for another team. And, and that's it. If another team sees a play like that, sees the metrics and says, you know, that guy's a, a great center fielder. Let's, let's tweak his approach to play. Okay, you can have him. Uh, no problem. By the way, Chaz uh, extending the hitting streak again last night and also stole his 10th base. So Jazz just continues. All the guy does is, is, is play. No doubt. So looking forward to having him uh, stay with the team. And they, they want to trade. They want to trade Myers. Trade him. Are you going to trade Corey Jokes? I know Jokes is a great story because he's a local guy. He's a replacement level player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's also speed. older, which people don't realize. Yeah, he's 28. Uh, although Myers is 27. So uh, if, if they want to trade that guy, fine. But to me, Jazz McCormick's production is among the top six center fielders in baseball this year, and, and he's played half the season. Yeah, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not looking to move Chas McCormick. The other guy that uh, you talk a lot about on the show, uh, we will get to coming up next. Tiller Bates, ESPN 97.5925. ESPN 97.5 on Twitch. I don't get it. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm fake Branham. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5. Well, um, you could be Twitter Branham. You guys are always battling it out on Twitter. Well, sometimes Jeremy says things that make my head spin around four times. Because the logic train never entered and the it, And to his defense, he says he never starts it, but he can finish it. Oh, he's full of crap. Oh, he's so full of crap. I'm just telling you what he said. He jumps in I'm defending him. He's not here, but this that is, I brought it up to him. That nothing to do with him. Okay. He just interjects himself into things. He also thinks every comment is about him, whether it's by me or by anybody else. Comment. He thinks everything is about him. Hmm. I love Jeremy, but Jeremy got a... Gotta, Got to back it down a little bit there. That is some horse manure. He never starts. It's full. Hey, Joe, is this the is this the point in the show where I just say do the show? Bit oh, never mind. <laughs> Too soon. Do the show. Wheel of bits. What? Yeah, not uh, do the show. Wheel of bits. Wheel of bits. I was at the competition when that happened, and oh boy, did I love that video when it came out. It just made me laugh. I think you handled yourself really good, Pat. Honestly. I think you did too, actually. <laughs> I think you did. I don't know that we ever talked about that, but I think you did too. You handled it much better than I would have. Somebody had to be the professional and keep the radio show going. Did a hell of a job. Somebody had to do that. I know what you're doing there. 
By the way, Joe, I want to tell you, by the way, because some people here sometimes get a little bit with their undies in a wad because of the fact that I used a country accent when I was talking to the Rangers fan that had a little bit of a problem with me. So I just want to say that with a different accent, I got here as fast as I could, and I love me some H-Town, and I call it my hometown, and I don't want the guys to be a little bit more than a little bit bothered by the fact that I used an accent like the caller had. Is that what you sounded like when you were growing up in Wisconsin? Oh, God, when it was colder than a witch's boob and a brass bra, I was doing things and talking like this on the daily. Don't I don't you know, know what you're talking about. Oh, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, the Bucks. they got a good team. Get me some brewskis. It's a good job. Don't forget the cheese curds. Oh, God, just don't make them fried. Make them squeak in your teeth. That's what you got to do. Okay, carry on with your business there, Pat. So two other guys. It's really it's one guy. I put it in as one guy, but it's really two guys because these guys always wind up kind of getting packaged together when you guys talk about them, and that is Mauricio Dubon and Jeremy Pena. These two guys have popped up on your show a lot the last, say, two weeks. Uh, last night, here is Mauricio Dubon flashing the leather. That ball hits sharply. Dubon snags it on a hop, and it goes to Pena for one. They turn a double play. Nicely done, Mauricio Dubon to Jeremy Pena. And that's a big double for Steve France and the Astros. Now, I have heard on this show that uh, you guys would not be 100% against trading Jeremy Pena in the right deal. I said that. Would you trust Mauricio Dubon at shortstop? If Jeremy Pena went out in a deal. It depends on what you get back. I always say that. Look, I, I think that the main thing for me is, and we were talking about, because the, to, to be completely transparent, the conversation started with who's untradeable. And to me, I, I responded that I don't believe Pena's untradeable in the right deal. And if it was bringing back a Dylan Cease and a Luis Robert, and it also maybe avoided how much you had to give up otherwise to get them, and or where it puts you as a team, and you can be better not only for this year but for the long term with a Robert as an insurance policy for Tucker and in the meantime giving you one of the most badass, meanest, powerful offensive lineups in the outfield in Major League Baseball, I'm going to entertain the conversation. I'm not saying it's a done deal, slam dunk, and get rid of him, but what I'm saying is Dubon maybe doesn't have the same kind of range and defensive abilities. Dubon's a better hitter. And you're only looking for the end of this year. You can go out and find another shortstop if you had to. So, yes, I absolutely said that I would be listening if, if Pena was a guy that some, a team had to have. Which, look, if it, right deal, I mean, to me, right deal, unless we're talking about, you know, a staple on the team, uh, right deal, anybody could go. But it was more about would you trust Dubon at short if Pena went out? Like if Pena, for example, the example you gave, Dylan C., Louis Robert Jr., if Pena goes out in that deal, would you trust Dubon at, at shortstop for the remainder of the season? Would I trust him defensively the rest of the season? Yes, because that's, that's the question. It's defense. You have... Look, Jeremy believes that he, he could be one of the better defensive second, second baseman in baseball if he played second. Shortstop's a different story because you have to have a stronger arm. But I still believe that, again... He's not going to kill you defensively. Now, he's not going to go deep into the hole and jump, you know, jump start a throw like Payne has shown multiple times in the last week and a half, two weeks that he can do. You're, that's not who he's going to be for you. But he's also 
20, 30 points higher batting average-wise than Jeremy Pena. And he's having a hell of a year offensively. So to have him in the lineup and do the things that you're capable of doing by adding the guys that you're going to add, I'm only doing it for the rest of this year. I may have to go check free agency for a shortstop. I might be looking at different options for a shortstop. But I'm not, look, I said this at the start of the year, Pat. If your expectations were that you're getting Jeremy Pena for the rest of his career to be American League Championship Series MVP and World Series MVP, you're drinking what you're, you're absolutely about to pass out drunk on orange Kool-Aid. It ain't happening. And I said at the time, you're look, you're hoping this guy can be what he was and a little better than he was last year in the regular season. But right now, people are not happy with Jeremy Pena. I don't think that Jeremy Pena is happy with Jeremy Pena. But I think that you're seeing more of who he, over a 162, Jeremy Pena is more who he is now and who he was last year in the regular season than he is a Derek Jeter-like savior like he was in the playoffs last year. So I'm not trying to poo-poo on Jeremy Pena, but I'm just trying to say I don't feel like his whole career is going to be like the playoffs last year. I think he's going to be more like the guy that we saw last year and this year in the regular season. And I understand that because, look, you look at what he was in the postseason. He was phenomenal in the postseason. And that's not sustainable over 162 no matter who you are. But I do think there was... I don't want to say expectation, but I want to say strong hope that he would at least carry over some of that to improve upon what he was last season. Mm-hmm. Improve the pitch recognition. Uh, improve the barrel rate. Let's be honest. He's awful on, on breaking pitches. Well, the slider away is 70% swing. The sweeper, as they're now the hip term for, to call it, the sweeper is his kryptonite. Anything that goes middle out and down, he, he looks clueless. Now, even though Dubon is hitting 40 points better than Pena, their OPS is only 14 points different. Pena hits for more power, and neither one of them uh, are great at getting on base. Dubon doesn't walk very much, uh, and, and Dubon doesn't hit for a ton of power. So their OPS is 14 points difference. Here is where much we talk about the difference between second base and shortstop. This season, Dubon is worth six defensive runs saved at second, minus one at short. Pena is three defensive runs saved at short, although last year he was 16, won a gold glove. Right. Hasn't been as good defensively this year. But I think still uh, we you see the plays that he's able to make that mo- other shortstops can't make. When he gets in the hole, he has a cannon for an arm. Dubon's arm isn't weak, but it's not nearly as strong as Pena. And we always say, well, Pena's arm's not as strong as Correa. So, you know, how many... Uh, shifts down the, the meter are we going to get for, for Dubon? Which is Dubon in center field. He has an average, am I being too kind? Average arm for center field? Very. Might be, buying, might be being a little kind about that. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I would be willing to get rid of Pena in a deal unless I was bringing a legit defensive shortstop in. I can't trust Dubon at short. Framber Valdez is my ace. He throws more grounders than anybody else. He's the king of the DP. The guy who throws the second most grounders in Major League Baseball is Hunter Brown. Two of my top three guys are ground ball kings. My shortstop's got to be able to pick it. And I, I'm i okay with Doobie playing there. Look, he's, he's filling in a game here or there. Uh, he's you know, injury fill-in for a week or two, but two and a half months in the postseason, I got to have more than Mauricio Dubon short. All right, well, 
that's the difference between you and I. If I'm getting Dylan Cease and Luis Robert back for two plus years at, at the very minimum, and I know that I'm solving my starting pitcher, I'm solving my outfield bat, I'm solving my insurance policy for Kyle Tucker, and I'm giving my team a way better chance to win this year, no matter what he lacks defensively at shortstop, that's a team that's going to put up a whole lot more runs. That's a team that's still going to be very steady defensively that I, I, I would have total confidence in and saying, okay, and you could still possibly try to go out and acquire a shortstop and or wait till the offseason to get another one. But I think that I would take the risk of adding those two guys for multiple years with what they're capable of doing versus saying that I can't make this deal because Pena was too huge for us last year. Not that I can't make the deal, but in order to make the deal, I've got to have that follow-up deal okay. that goes along with it. Coming up next, we will get into the latest trade rumors as we get closer to the deadline involving your Houston Astros. Coming up next. ESPN 97.5.com. Tiger-friendly radio. And he said, well, obviously you want to watch the guy with the big one. I said, well, you ain't that straight. 